Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision completely your own. Our motto, keep it real. What even is our topic today? What are we talking about? Uh, before you hit submit. Before what? you hit submit. We're in the middle of application yes. season. Yes. And there, uh, all of our high school students out there, our high school seniors, mm-hmm. are getting ready to submit their applications. Your deadlines are probably just passed for early action, early decision, and moving into being ready to be turned in for regular decision uh, around New Year's time. So... I'm sure a lot of you are a little bit stressed out, a little bit excited about your college apps, and we just wanted to help you go over what to look uh, what to look for in your college apps before you hit submit. So in today's episode, we're going to be breaking down your college apps into three main sections, and those are the personal statement, supplemental essays, and the general application, like the activities list, the honors list, uh, additional info, and your resume. And, you know, the important thing to note here uh, for before you submit your application is that each of these sections really does deserve a unique attention, right? If you let one of them slip, you might not be presenting the best version of yourself. So the goal is for all three elements of your application to complement one another and most importantly, to reflect you. So I think we're going to get started by diving right in to probably the most popular or prominent (laughs) element of the application, which is the personal statement. Morgan? Yes, the personal statement. I know that um, for me, finishing my personal statement just felt like a huge milestone in college applications because it's that piece of your application that goes to every single school. and, um, And it's called a personal statement for a reason. It really is your opportunity to shine and kind of be yourself. And if you're using the common app or, or a similar, or a similar, you know, application format in order to apply to these schools, they typically send you those, you know, five main personal statement questions or prompts that you can go with. But that fifth prompt is typically an open-ended question that to write an essay on a topic of your choice. And so ultimately that's what that's really telling us is that we shouldn't be writing our essay in order to fit a prompt. We should be writing our essay in order to really reflect the message that we want to get across, regardless of what the supplements ask you for and regardless of the rest of your, um, you know, common app, including your activities and everything that, that goes in there. And so your personal statement is really your opportunity to get personal. And there are different ways to go about that. But ultimately, we, what we really do know is that what college admissions officers are looking for is they're looking for authenticity and they're looking for transformation. If you're going to tell a story like, like most of us do, um, the key is transformation. How, how has, you know, through your high school experience, whatever specific thing you want to talk about, how have you been transformed for the better? And how are you now the student that they are going to want to bring to their university campus? Um, we want to talk about a few different opinions on, you know, how to go about the personal statement um, because there are so many ways to be creative in that. Um, so Nikhil, I'm going to pass it on, on to you. What, what's kind of your perspective on how to go about this personal statement? I know you, you opened up a lot in your own. And so what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And before, before we really get into that, I, 
I did want I do want to mention that you know some people try and figure out like and work so hard to figure out what college admissions officers are looking for and you really hit it when you're saying that you know there's a lot that we don't know but the little things like transformation and authenticity are the really important driving factors that if you center your personal statement around it you can't really go wrong right and um that does lead us into differing opinions on what's appropriate what's interesting for your personal statement and you know there are a lot of tips and stuff like that that go into writing the personal statement some people say avoid certain subjects i know morgan you were telling me that uh an admissions counselor once said avoid the three d's which are dating death and divorce right but um you know i think if you approach any subject the right way there are certain subjects you might have to approach more delicately um, certain ones more humorously, and just the way that you approach a subject could really shape how the personal statement comes out. It's all about how you write about the subject. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be the most complex of issues. It doesn't have to be the most transform. But it doesn't have to be like the most like obviously transformational things. But as long as you can show how it impacted you, it really shouldn't matter. So it's okay to write an essay on simple things. I know for me, I opened up about. Um, my experience with my medical condition and how it um, helped me to develop better learning habits and how I had to work through that. Um, but really the the point of emphasis there for me was to um, focus on the development, on the personal transformation rather than the actual events themselves. And that's what I think colleges were really looking for there. And I, I mean, I'd like to say that it worked out well. <laughs> and You're at a great school and had so many amazing offers, so I would say yes. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, there's always room for improvement wherever, but if you take, if you tackle every subject the right way um, with that authenticity and that show transformation, right. you really can't go wrong. And, um, but in order to strike that right message or that right tone, you have to have other people read your essay because, mm -hmm not everything that comes into your head is the best idea in the world. I know I had to go through several different iterations of my personal statement, um, more than several, very yes. many. And yes. I had um, one person who was super close to me, my mom, read through all of my essays. But then I also uh, like contacted someone who wasn't like as involved in my day-to-day -day life, uh, a former teacher of mine, to really look through my essays and use her expertise and command of the English language to, to make sure that I was getting across the point that I wanted to. Right. And I think that really leads us into the last point. And I know, Morgan, you can probably speak a little bit more to this, um, that you really should be showing with your essays and not telling. And right. while having other readers reading your essay, they'll be able to tell you um, when you're showing instead of telling. True. I, Nikhil and I were talking about this earlier and that we hear often in college applications and in writing these essays, show, don't tell, show, don't tell. And it's a cliche statement, but I think it's also a very good one in that the, we, want, we don't want to waste space. We don't want to waste word count trying to explain ourselves. We want to really tell a story and, and show what we've done throughout high school and show who we are um, so, so that our actions are speaking louder than, than just the explaining and the storytelling on the paper. And, and it's kind of an abstract subject, but um, I think, you know, an example from my personal statement is that 
I wrote mine with kind of a creative spin on it in that when I was little, I absolutely loved the wizard of Oz. And so I wrote my personal statement as kind of a tale of, you know, my yellow brick road going through high school. And I talked about the balance between the head and the heart. And I was using all these themes from the wizard of Oz, but because I was using this story at this external, you know, movie plot, um, as, as the backbone of my essay, I had to be sure that I was communicating in, in a way that, that it would make sense to somebody who maybe isn't as passionate for the Wizard of Oz as I am. So for example, I was spending so much time in my essay explaining the plot of the Wizard of Oz that as I showed it to more people, they were saying, Morgan, you need to stop explaining this. You need to be able to work the plot of the story into your own story. It's about you, show yourself. Um, and, and so that's kind of a, an example is, is that this is where it can be really helpful to get external opinions is, once you get a few drafts on paper, um, show it to someone else and, and ask, you know, am I making the most of this 650 words? Um, by the end of it, does it feel like me? And like Nikhil and I have said in the past, um, you know, you might get differing opinions from the different people that you show your personal statement to, but at the end of the day, it is a personal statement. It is yours. And there are many changes that I vetoed because it pulled the essay away from a representation of who I really am. Um, and, you know, like Nikhil said, I think it worked out for me as well um, because those I really schools, I think those schools really saw who I was and I still have my personal statement. And it's one of the only essays that I really kept from college apps because I was really proud of it. And I feel like it still represents me. So those are some things to think about um, when it comes to the personal statement. To me, I think it's one of the most exciting parts of, of you know, college apps. So that's a really that's a really cool story. I didn't know that about your personal statement. Yes. <laughs> I got I got to read that sometime. We'll have to exchange. Yes. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, on top of the personal statement though, uh, you did mention that there were other essays and those yes. are supplemental essays and those make up a huge part of the application because they usually tell a school um, why they should take you and Morgan, you can talk a little bit more about the different types of supplemental essays. So what kinds do you encounter? Yes. So for anybody who is, you know, in the thick of things with college apps, we all kind of tend to see what I think are two main types of supplemental essays. Um, and, you know, some colleges will just have one. If you're applying to Stanford, you might have 11. Um, <laughs> but there are usually two types of supplemental essays. Number one is why this college or why this major, why this program? They want you to show how do you connect with our values as a school? How is there synergy here? How is there fit here? And so that's an opportunity for you to demonstrate your knowledge of the school and also to demonstrate, you know, how, how you, you and your personality and your experiences throughout high school, how you match that environment there. Um, then the second type of supplemental essay they can seem like random topics where they just want to know your thoughts on this non-college specific subject. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pull up some examples of this. Um, first up, I am going to pull an example from a merit scholarship essay to Vanderbilt University. So this would be, you know, if you're applying to Vandy and you want to apply for their merit scholarship. Um, one of their questions here is for applicants to the School of Engineering, Peabody College of Education and Human Development, and Blair School of Music, answer this question. Recognizing that you have applied to a focused area of study, 
Please comment on the reasons you are interested in your chosen academic program, showing personal experiences, goals, and interests that relate to your choice of major. So what category does that fall into? Probably the first one. Why us? Why Vanderbilt? Why Peabody College of Education and Human Development? Or why engineering? Or why the School of Music? That's where you're talking about the school. And then the second example I have is I wanted to pull um, from the application to University of Virginia. So one of their questions for the College of Arts and Sciences is what work of art, music, science, mathematics, or literature has surprised, unsettled, or challenged you and in what way? And so for me, that was an opportunity. I had, three, I had 300 words to talk about my favorite book and how it, and, and that's what I chose. And I, I talked about that. Some more of their questions is what's your favorite word and why? Um, uh, we are a community with quirks, both in language and in traditions. Describe one of your quirks and why it is a part of who you are. So we see these two different types. So, um, you know, as we kind of dive into this discussion of what to consider before you hit submit on your supplements, keep in mind that not all supplement, they're not all the same. You're going to see these two, these two different types. Yeah. And when, when you do encounter those two different types, it's important to um, make sure you're, you're putting the right amount of attention to them, really getting to know the college or major or school that you're applying to and, you know, allowing your creativity to flow on maybe a, a non-specific topic. But the most important part is that there's a general theme established between both types of supplementals. What do those supplementals really say about you? Right. And I think some people... Uh, take the approach of having maybe one essay that speaks a little bit more to their personality and one that um, speaks more to their academic preparation. And, you know, it's not really necessary to separate your personality from, from your specific message. Um, the goal there is really to bring them together instead of isolating them and just like expecting the admissions officers to piece them together for you. If that makes sense, um, you were talking a little bit earlier about you know, showing, not telling with your essay for your personal statement. And you can do the same with your personality. You should show your personality through your message, not try and tell about your personality and then tell about your uh, reasons for wanting to go to the college. They, they're synergistic. And when they work together, it puts forward a much better product than if you were to separate them and hope that they just kind of fit together. That's so true. I, I think with these supplements, the question you want to be asking is, you know, what do, what do I want to be remembered for? Everybody's seeing the same questions, but what's going to be a personal answer for you? Um, an example I have of this is, is one of my closer friends through high school. Um, she's at Harvard right now. And one of the, I don't remember the exact question, but one of the supplements for Harvard was basically why Harvard? That was their, their question. Why do you want to go to Harvard? And instead of saying, you know, dear Harvard, I loved Harvard because X, Y, and Z, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, mainly my friend, she's a poet and an incredibly talented poet. And she was going to their, their college of arts and sciences, and she was going to major in poetry and literature. I don't know. You'd have to ask her. She's, in she's incredibly smart, but anyways, she wrote a poem and a poem was her essay. And it was the most artistic and complex and abstract poem. Um, and, and that's the way that she thinks. But 
throughout, she dropped these tidbits of information about Harvard. She was naming particular professors that she had met and specific courses she wanted to take and particular programs that she wanted to be a part of. And so that was a great example of showing, not telling that she was answering the prompt, but she was doing it in her own way. And she was really showing her personality and her greatest passion through it. Yeah. And that those those two pieces really do come together. Mm -hmm. And that's probably part of the reason why she is at Harvard, um, right. aside from being incredibly talented. Um, when you can show and don't try and tell, the school can really get a good command of what you're really like, and they'll be more willing to let you in. True. Um, it, but on top of the essays, which tend to be a little bit more of the showing, you do a little bit of telling, too. Yes. And that is through uh, the rest of the application. There are like four main aspects of the Common App or Coalition App that you're pretty likely to see. And those are the activities list, the honors list, the additional info section, and the resume. So we're going to give you a quick rundown of those maybe more bland parts of the application but we're going to discuss why they're so important and how to make them interesting. And the first, I'm going to kind of group together the activities list and the honors list. Um, with the activities list, you're listing out what kind of clubs, activities, organizations you've been involved with, and uh, really especially what kind of position you held in them. What was your particular involvement? So the activities list provides the opportunity to really tell about all the things that you're passionate about and how you spent your time with them. Um, the honors list is a little bit more on the award side. So you talk about some awards you've received, some uh, distinctions you have, um, but they can work hand in hand really well. Your honors list can uh, list out some of the more like accomplishment based stuff and your activities list can tell about your specific like participation, which is mm -hmm. what colleges really want to hear that like what, got you involved in the activities and what you really did with it. True. And I, and I would say to anyone listening, if typically, so in the common application, you're able to list a, up to 10 different activities. For some of us, you might really struggle to fit, to fit all of your activities just into 10 spots. For others, you might have a hard time getting it up to 10. Either way, it is perfectly fine. Um, I want you to really pay attention to what Nikhil said at the beginning that what colleges care about most is really the kind of the kind of role you held uh, within those activities, whether it's a club or an organization or an academic program um, or a specific project you worked on. They're more interested in, you know, why are you choosing to put this on act on your activities list? Does it align with the other themes and, and the other, you know, character traits and the other values that you demonstrated through your supplements and through your personal statement? Um, so don't worry if you can't get up to 10 or if you're trying to cram it all in. It's really just about showing, um, you know, what, what, what meant the most to you. Can we take a moment to talk about... Um, uh, you know, how to describe those activities, because I know you only, I believe you only have 130 characters for each activity, yeah. which really, really fast, less than a sentence. How did you approach that, Nikhil? Yeah, so um, getting into the more technical details, which are super important, mm -hmm. um, when you're describing your activities, it's not quite necessary to really make it in a long sentence format where you're really wordy. You have to be concise. You just have to really talk about your involvement in uh, what I did was short abbreviated phrases um, separated by semicolons. And I felt like that was the best way for me to describe what I was doing in high school. Um, 
So I was able to just get the point across. This is what I did. This is what my role was. I had this leadership position. Right. This is what I contributed. And boom, 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 it was done. Right. So those short abbreviated uh, phrases really allowed me to pack the most punch in the shortest amount of space possible. Uh, for the honors list, those tend to not really have too much trouble with word right. counts because you're just naming off the name of an award you've gotten. But the right. activities list is where you really have to hone in on the message you're trying to send with your activity. So that's why you have to be really specific with your verbiage and with the phrasing of how you describe what you did in your activities. Uh, am I on the mark there, Morgan? No, absolutely. Absolutely, Nikhil. You do have to be so specific. And um, and like you say, with the honor section, it's I believe they only give you like one header to basically just state the honor and the title of the honor. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. I know that for me, the activity section was really hard because it just took me forever to cut to cut it down. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to be able to share a few examples of what some of my activities looked like and to anybody listening you do not have to copy me at all but especially for students who maybe don't have a college admissions counselor in their school community or someone that they can reach out to here's kind of an example of some activities that i put together with the help of of college admissions office or college admissions um advisors at my school so i think they really knew what they talked about um, for an ex for example, um, I listed a community service opportunity that I did. I was I was a peer advising liaison in my school, um, and one option is I could have said, you know, I was selected and trained to be a leader in my school community for academic skill development. Okay, that's what I went for at first, and with some work with my college counselor, we ended up getting getting it down to this. Um, it said selected and trained to advise peers on academic skills and goal setting through one-on-one -on -one slash group settings and school-wide presentations. So I used a slash there. I used some abbreviation. It was, I didn't overdo it with the abbreviation and things like that, but it's, it comes back to show, don't tell. Um, I'll share one more um, and, and then we'll wrap this point up. Um, so for example, um, we talked, Nikhil and I have talked about DECA before. Um, I could have said, you know, I was elected to a state position where I got to travel and learn about leadership and be an advocate for DECA. Okay, cool. But I don't really know what that means. If the admissions officer doesn't know what DECA is, they don't know what a state officer does. Instead, I said elected to represent 2000 students slash professional members, spearhead statewide service slash advocacy projects, network and speak at conference nationwide, conferences nationwide. So they're incomplete sentences, but it's getting to the point. And so I only share that so that you can go back to your activities list and ask, you know, am I using verbs that carry a lot of punch? Am I really showing, you know, how this activity built some real skills within me and how they actually make me a really qualified candidate for that school? So. Yeah, exactly. And your English teacher is totally going to love it because you're going to be yes. using a lot of active verb choice there. Um, yes, that's so that's funny that your, um, that your DECA activities like comment was like that because that reminds me of exactly like kind of what I wrote. Um, you're, you're looking at a lot of the same like phrases, verb choices, right. where like, you know, you were elected, you represented, you um, took, con you like, led or yes. held an event or stuff like that you know you can't really mess with all the flowery word choices there mm -hmm. um but you know maybe a place to mess with that flowery word choice 
is the additional info section. Yes. Um, maybe a tiny bit in the resume, Morgan. Uh, what do you do for your additional info section? I know a lot of people don't use it, but I know right. some people like me really, really use it. I like to talk. So I, uh, <laughs> I used up all of my space in my additional info section. And um, yeah, what kind of things did you include in there? Right, right. You know, it's the same as the activities list that if you find yourself struggling to fill up, you know, all I think it's 650 words for the additional info section. No big deal. It's not a requirement. It's optional. It's additional info. Um, before I explain what I put in my additional info, I will say that I've heard from some college counselors that when an admissions officer is reading an application, they're moving pretty quick. And if you're just throwing flowery, you know, unnecessary details in the additional info section, it can actually be kind of a nuisance to that admissions officer that has to read it. So I'll say that whatever you put in your additional info section, make sure that it really adds to your application that it adds valuable information rather than just you know adds an extra cherry on top that may or may not be relevant. Mm -hmm. So some examples of the things that I included in my additional info section was I described the internship that I was partaking in during my senior year that I now work in as a full-time job. Um, I explained a year-long project that I did for one of my courses. It was a public pro policy project and in a few ways I, I decided to go above and beyond outside of class in this project and the key was that it aligned with what Nikhil talked about it aligned with the other ways in which I was being a leader in which I was being an ambassador when I was being an advocate in other parts of my application um, some other things that that I explained is I think I elaborated on some of the honors that I had gotten. Um, if you know, if I got an award, but it also had like a program that came along with it, I would describe that. Um, and for you, it might be you know maybe you have two younger siblings at home, and in addition to going to school and taking care of your own extracurriculars, you're also a leader to your to your siblings, and maybe you drive them to and from school and you help them with your homework that's something that you can put in the additional info section. If you hold a job, that's something you can describe in the additional info section. So it's really just additional info to describe what your life as a student has been like throughout high school. Um, what did you What did you use in yours, Nikhil? Yeah, uh, for my additional info section, I, um, I talked a little bit about um, some of the more secondary or tertiary activities that I participated in, things that really didn't weren't quite as important as like the ones I put in the activities list, but that still like represented like an important part of my academic journey. And um, I also talked a little bit about um, my experience playing sports with my medical condition, just like a short blurb on there. Something that's completely personal to me that nobody else would really have to deal with, but um, you know, making the accommodations to be able to play sports, my, like insistence and uh, upon playing sports, even though I had to go through all of those accommodations. Um, and so, yeah, those are the kind of things I put in my additional info section. One more thing I wanted to add was that there is a sort of additional info section kind of thing that happens for uh, waitlisted applicants at schools. And um, in addition to your letter of continu continued interest, which is um, just like updates on what you've been doing. And that's not even just for waitlist applicants. Like this is kind of while you're waiting for your application to be reviewed. If there's anything of really important note that you want the college to know, you should send it over. So for me, when I was waitlisted to, to certain universities, um, by that time I had started 
like developing the proof of concept for this podcast. And that's something that I sent over to them because it was really important to me to, to let them know that that was going on and that that was something I was devoting a lot of time to and that I plan to devote time to. So, you know, those, those are the kind of things that you can send over to a college that you might not think they want to know, but they really do. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I totally forgot, but I did the same thing. But before I was waitlisted, I uh, I remember I submitted some of my early applications, and then I heard back um, in December from a program that I had applied to and was waiting. I was hoping to be accepted to, and I ended up getting it, and it was a really prestigious program. So I asked my college counselor, and she said, "Yes, like email your admissions officers mm-hmm. and tell them about this." Uh, tell them about this. And I got a response from my admissions officers that they said, great, I'll add it to your application file. Thanks for letting us know. So don't be afraid to, you know, send, send off an additional note after you've, after you've hit submit. (laughs) Um, But obviously the goal is to, is to get everything in there um, the first time around. I'm so glad you mentioned that though. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Very good. Very good. The final part of the application, you know, um, I don't know that it's required, but I would definitely recommend adding a resume um, to to your application. Include a resume, and maybe this is the first time that you've had to create an application. You've had to create a resume, um, but college college resumes are unique in that you don't necessarily want to go for the same format as a traditional resume that you would use for, say, a job or another sort of program. Yeah. Um, I would really recommend going online and doing some research on example college application resumes um, because there are little details like, for example, you want to be no no more than two pages. Um, If you have included what's called an objective at the top of your resume for a job interview or something like that, oftentimes they want to see an objective, which is basically a general statement of why you're applying and, and kind of who you are, what you're about you will not include an objective in a college application resume. So these are little details that I would recommend doing your research on before you hit submit. Um, Ultimately here, you want to make sure, I I would say, make sure your resume isn't just a replica of your activities list. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, you don't want to be using the same exact phrases that you used in your activities list. Instead, use the resume as another opportunity to elaborate on what you've discussed in your activities, in your honor section. Um, you know, maybe if, you know, you, you worked early on in your high school career, maybe you had a job, but it wasn't prominent enough for you to add to your activities list, then there you can talk about your job. By all means, everything that you put on your activities list, if it, if it merits it, put it on your resume as well. Um, but it's the same that you saw on the activities list. You wanna use those really powerful verbs, you want to use the present tense where it's appropriate, um, and it's another opportunity to elaborate. I would definitely recommend that if your school has a career counselor or if there are any professionals in your family that you have them look over your resume, proofread it um, and make sure that it's looking tip top uh, before you before you hit submit and send it off to those schools. Yeah, and um, I'm really glad that you mentioned that it shouldn't be a replica of your activities list because college admissions officers really are people too. And mm-hmm. just like if you put yourself in their place, I'm sure quite a few people would get annoyed if they had to read something over and over again in an application. <laughs> yes. So just really being um, 
pointed about what you want to put in your resume, why it's there. There has to be a clear objective in putting it there and not just to make yourself seem all fancy by having the same accomplishment in three different places. Um, So that brings together our like list of recommendations on what every high school senior should do before you hit submit. But how do all of these pieces come together to communicate you? All of these elements of the application have to complement each other, and they really have to send a message that's very personalized. Um, so we, we discussed earlier establishing a theme between your supplemental essays. Well, the same goes between the different components of the application, like the personal statement, the supplemental essays, and the, the rest of the app, like the activities list. Um, they should all communicate a theme about you that that really shows um, what you're about as a person, what you're interested in, what mm-hmm. you're passionate about. And, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out in high school. You don't have to force a theme or anything like that. But, you know, it should show why you're doing stuff, like why your activities are important to you or else colleges will just kind of see it as filler activities and they're just going to kind of assume your resume building. So you can really um, hammer down on, on sending a unified message through all of the different components of the application. Right, right. Like Nikhil said, these are human beings on the other end that are reading your essay and they recognize that you are just about to graduate high school. You are maybe 18 years old. Um, and they also recognize that you're not one dimensional, that you too are a human being and that you cannot be summed up by uh, 10 statements on your activities list and one personal statement and whatever supplemental questions they thought would somehow, you know, pull your personality out. Um, they recognize that, but you really do want to design each of these components to show all of your different sides as much as you can. Um, And I'll tie us back to our last episode, if you haven't listened to that yet, or two episodes ago, um, where we talked about the college admissions scandal, in that every time we hit a submit on our applications, you know, we are making a statement about who we are and what this process means to us. And so when you go forward and you review your entire application, I would really encourage you to ask yourself, is this me? Am I being really authentic and really honest in what I'm representing here? Am I being realistic in, in, you know, the things that I'm claiming that to have done throughout high school, by all means, give yourself the credit that you deserve. Um, and, but also just make sure that it's a really accurate representation of who you are. And I promise that if you are a good fit for that school, you were, you will end up exactly where you're meant to be. Um, so with that, go ahead and hit submit. We are so excited for you. And, um, and I know many people, many of our listeners will be doing just that within the next month or so. Yeah, and when you hit when you hit that submit button, as long as you can look at that application and know that it accurately reflects you and it really shows a part of you that you want to put forward, there's nothing that any college can say about you or your value or anything like that. From there, it's up to the universe. Right. Uh, but <laughs> yes. as, long, as long as you as as long as you submit yourself. Yes. Then, there's nothing that anybody can tell you. Thank you for tackling the subject with me, Morgan. I know Thank it's going to be really, I hope it's going to be really helpful I for know. a lot of seniors with the, the timing that we're in right now. Yes. Hopefully you yeah. find it helpful. And uh, please let us know how we can help you in your application journey and even in specific 
uh, parts of the college application process, we're always here to help. That's what this platform's for. Yes, yes. Thank you, Nikhil. Yep. Thanks, Morgan. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? We always keep it real here at RCT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, and be sure to follow us on Instagram at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.